Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the Afternoon Show with Bill Arnold. I am the Bill Arnold part of that sentence. I am uh, absolutely thrilled what has gone on this week here at Faith Radio. Again, I just want to gush with gratitude because we are in still in that, that mode, that mood of saying thank you, thank you, thank you. You really um, did an amazing job of supporting us uh, during our winter share, and we frankly could not be any more happy, thrilled, excited, and grateful. So we're just uh, really full of gratitude. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, I'm open to hearing from you uh, in the next half hour. I'd love to uh, hear if you have a message for us, uh, a little note of encouragement um, from the week, uh, what, you're, what you like about Faith Radio. Uh, you know, there's something that we can do better. We always want to do better. That's what I want to do every time I come in to the show. I, I pray that I don't say anything that's unhelpful. And, of course, I always want to say something that's uh, going to be encouraging to you and hopefully a little bit of fun and some inspiration. So uh, let me know if you've got uh, a word for us, something you would like to share about Faith Radio and your experience. I know that in the last mm, year or so, I think we've added a number of stations and some translators. So our our uh, footprint has gotten bigger and much thanks to the growth and the vision that we have here at Faith Radio. And that has been exciting to watch because there has been a time, this has been a, a season unlike any other, I don't want to use the word unprecedented because I think that word gets overused, but there is a time now where there are a lot of people looking for hope. I was reading some stats um, lately about the number of people who through isolation, job loss, economic upside downness have ended up uh, in depression and uh, drug use and alcoholism and we just believe and trust that uh, you can remain strong in the Lord during this season. If that's you, if you're in that upside down situation where you've got um, a job loss or you've got uh, something that is causing a lot of stress, and this certainly is a time of stress. And there's frankly a lot of people that have suffered illnesses, and it's been a, a scary time. Um, I'm with my producer, uh, Ben Holson, and Ben, you just uh, went through that recently with a relative that had COVID, and, and the outcome was um, very sad. Yeah. No, it was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday morning when my wife's grandfather passed away from COVID-19. I'm so, so sorry. Mm. At 85 years of age, he um, lived in a small farming community in northwestern Minnesota, and it just um, it kind of went through the family, cousins, and then aunt and uncle, and then hit the grandparents. And with some underlying health concerns, we obviously were pretty pretty scared and did a lot of praying and then he caught pneumonia went to the uh the doctor and then was ambulance to grand forks where he was in the hospital for about five days Mm -hmm. then transitioned to the intensive care unit and um got a call i think it was tuesday afternoon that the family has to make some decisions that's so sad awful and it is it's interesting that you used the word hope just a couple minutes ago when you started the show because a lot of the text messages that i've been texting people just the last couple of days and weeks 
with, with this particular family situation and then just at life in general mm-hmm. um, is wishing people a lot of hope because you're right, there is a, a lot of darkness that's going on in the world right now. I, I, as you were mentioning job loss and illness and depression and other things, I was like, check, check. <laughs> that's yeah. what's been going on this year. Yeah, it's been a pretty crazy year. Um, and so I have gone through a lot of those things mm-hmm. this year. And um, I think, you know, through the grace of God, I, I get to be able to be here. Uh, it really was an answered prayer when I got a text message from our boss, Neil, and said, hey, would you like to come work with Bill in the afternoon on Wednesday afternoons? Yeah, and, worked out really nice. And, um, I, at, that, that, at that point, shortly before he sent me that text message, I thought, what am I going to do with my life? I don't, I feel like I don't have any discernible skills. I'm just a radio host, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you know had a I mean. killer set of pipes. You're sure. great on the air. Um, so yeah. But you, with all of these things that have oh, happened throughout the year, you think like, what do I have left to give? And, and uh, Ben, I think that's a lot of people. It, it is. That's you're right. in good company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, and so my prayer for the last three or four years, I think I've told you the story. So I apologize if it, you're like, I've heard that already, but my prayer is that God be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I love that. And utilize me with the skills he's given me to lead others to him or to glorify him in some way through my job because the job I was I was doing I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like there was any meaning to it necessarily. And um so now I just sit and wait. And I know his plan is good. Mm-hmm. I know he has a plan and I know it's good. Um but what is it? That's, uh, that's a really good question. <laughs> you know, I've heard this illustration before. I did not come up with this one, but you hear that waiting for that next door to open. Maybe one has closed and then you're waiting for that next one to open, but you're possibly in the middle of that hallway between two closed doors yeah. <laughs> where it's kind of dark and yeah. maybe a little bit frightening. And I think God is always most interested in, in your heart in that moment. Because that's, that's when I think you need the most amount of trust and mm. Maybe you don't see that light of that new door opening yet, and you think, oh, boy, I've got to just lean into the Lord and trust him for everything, yep. which is what we want to do anyway. Yeah, I, I was in that dark space, and I got that text message from our boss that just said, would you come in? And I thought, you know what, everything lined up. It just seemed like there were God winks along the way. Everything just kind of lined up. I had daycare on Wednesday afternoons. Yeah. You needed help on Wednesday afternoons. Yeah. Today's Friday, though, isn't it? Today is Friday. I'm so, very confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a very long week. You yes. talk about working for you know the the station here on Wednesday with me, and yeah. I swear it's not Wednesday. It is not Wednesday. Yeah, I, I believe it is Friday. But no, just like to, I think God did open a door to come yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. And and whatever happens after that, He's in control, and that's what I want people to understand. When you're going through a dark time, when you think that there are no answers, or it's the end of the road, or how are you going to make this end meet or that end meet? that really the hope in God's promise is the most powerful thing and he will deliver every single time. Mm -hmm. Even with the death of my wife's grandfather, Mm -hmm. um, texting the family members and talking to them via Zoom and FaceTime and whatnot, having the hope and the promise that Grandpa Arlen is now in God's glory, worshiping Jesus. And though we miss him here on earth, obviously... And it's sad for us on earth, and he was a great gregarious guy, and I want him to be here. Um, the promise of reuniting with him when we get to go be with Jesus and know that he doesn't have his blindness anymore, he doesn't have his COPD anymore, he doesn't oh, have the yeah. pain of COVID anymore, 
um, that he's in the glory is is that hope that you just talked about at the beginning of the show. When I think of the fact that I don't see, I see that there's there's no coincidences um, in God's economy. Everything is intentional. There's there's this, these beautiful moments, and I think you look back and you go, I just talk to that person for five minutes and then look what happens as a result. There's nothing inconsequential in God's economy. That's what I'm trying to spit out. You know, so you are in need of the next hopeful thing to happen in your life and you get a call. Um, And of course, listeners would know your father's voice quite well around here. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we'd made that connection yet, but he is one of the, has one of the coolest voices ever. I mean, ever in radio period end of sentence there i said it it's a good one oh it's sure it's it's incredible would you would you say he's the official voice of faith radio i would say he is the official voice your dad is the official voice i think most of the the big uh announcements are are are, our dad they read yeah 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 and to you it's just dad right it's my dad (laughs) that's my dad yeah I don't know if we've got something of your dad that we could play too. Just I'm as sure we can dig some, something up here. Dig something up just yeah. to make that that connection, uh, because like father, like son, a couple of great uh, set of pipes. Thank you. I used to be able to answer the phone, and people would say, "Read." <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. But now it's and but and vice versa. People, mm-hmm. uh, he would answer the phone, and people would say, "Ben." Okay, and he would talk to my friends. Nice in high school. Yeah. Trying to get stuff out of them, you know, just in case I was up to no good. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Well, let's, uh, I don't know if we're getting Alex today or not. Uh, I think we were hoping to see Dr. Alex McFarlane as our guest, and we, uh, for some reason, have not connected with him. But I say that this is kind of fun just the way it is. So yeah. let's take a break and come back and uh, chat some more. We're, um, we're glad you're listening, and thank you so much. Here's a word of encouragement from Mike. Ah, Mike, you're so nice. Word encouragement for you, Bill. You are the ush and gush. Well done, Bill. And you're a team of believers. Well done. Isn't that nice? That's very nice. Thank you so much. We want to know what Faith Radio means to you or how uh, you came across Faith Radio. And thank you so much for another amazing winter share. We're uh, so blessed. Be right back. today i hope you've had a great week and here we are what is it december the 11th today so we're getting close to the christmas countdown and it's going to be probably a slightly different christmas uh, in terms of gathering and families and celebrations but we know in our hearts that jesus is our savior and he came to save us from our sins and another nice comment from a listener luke uh, thank you luke Bill, I'm still amazed that Faith Radio is actually a thing. I work alone all day, and Faith Radio is like a co-worker for me. You all have helped me get through some very dark seasons of life. Thank you. Hey, Luke, that's a really a remarkable comment. And I've always said I, I want to be a part of a person's day as we keep each other company. Um, I know for a lot of people, radio is uh, an outlet that they, they turn on in the day, and they have it on all day. 
and they like hearing uh, people whose voices they trust and programming they like and uh, biblical teaching and conversation. And it's, uh, it's a very uplifting thing. I have listened to Faith Radio myself for a long time. I remember back in college, I started listening to it. Probably the same for you, wasn't it, Ben? Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, how long has your dad been working for Faith Radio? <laughs> a long time. That's a long time. Okay. It's a very long time. I, I It's hard for me to, for people, people that go, you know, back in 1967. <laughs> you know I, mean? I don't yeah. know if it's my, it's just my brain or my generation or what it is, but I, I have a hard time pinpointing years. But it's probably, he, I don't think he, he's probably 20, let's see here, 15 years. Okay. 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. I remember when I was in college, he would come up here because he lives in Sioux Falls and would travel up and work here and travel to all the other network stations and would stay with me and my college roommates. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, my dad is, well, you said he's amazing. Yeah. He's wonderful. And he's my amazing. college roommates loved him as well. And it was great. Yeah. Um, and your relationship with your dad, uh, what a special thing. Amazing. A- amazing. Um, and it's not always the case with sons and dads. No, not no, not necessarily, but um, I mean, I'm you, very blessed. Yeah. Did you kind of figure that God was a little bit, um, because you had a good relationship with your dad, that you started to see the father's love and you think, I think I understand that a little bit better. Yeah. And now that I have my own yeah, 10-month-old, it's even compounded upon that. Yeah. You, and it, is it a boy? Girl. Girl. You, it's you a just, girl. Yeah. You simply can't believe how much you love her, oh, can you? I was told you're you're going to have a special love for this child. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not, and I can't, I can't like tell you how much you're going to love this child, but yeah. it's going to be something you've never experienced. And I thought, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then when she was born, I was like, when is a special love coming? You know, cause it didn't happen instantly it for didn't, me. Huh? And, but today, and you're I mean, gone, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> you're gone. So gone. And yeah. I, f- I feel bad for my wife because I love my daughter so much. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That I feel like I need to, to honor my wife more. Yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you feel like you're in a season, I'm asking this to the listeners as well. You're in a season of, uh, I don't know if I'm quite where I should be, quite where I want to be. I had a, a listener uh, last week say that God's given me these gifts. I'm not able to be using them the way I want to right now. So they're uh, sensing a little bit of frustration there. Um, and yet, very honoring that I'm, I'm, I'm still trusting and hoping that God will open up that next opportunity. And, you know, Ben, I get the feeling there's a lot of folks out there like that. Yeah. And I, I want to know what are the other options? You know what I mean? Um, when it comes to trusting yourself, that's not really going to get you anywhere. No, there is no greater thing than God. Right. And I know it can be tough. And I had a, a pastor friend of mine text me the other day who said, hey, he's a pastor in the UP. And he said, hey, I'm checking in on you. I know you've had a lot going on this year, and I just want to see if you're okay. Nice. And I said, I appreciate that, but how are you doing? Because I know as a pastor, there's a lot going on, and a lot of people are hurting. And you deal with the same thing every afternoon on the radio of people texting and calling in with their stories and what they're going through yeah. and how difficult and challenging it is. And he said, you know, to be honest, I, I'm struggling. And I just wanted to offer him a piece of encouragement when it comes to how I've kind of been able to turn my year around is through gratitude. Just being so grateful for the things that 
and the opportunities that God has given us and that we do have. I, I do have a roof over my head. I do have food to put on the table. Um, and I know that I was just watching the news earlier today, and they said an eighth of the country doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from. An eighth. Fifty million people. Um, and I wish I had a better answer for that as to how, how to get food on those particular people's table. But I try to do all we can to help. But literally, faith and hope in God and having gratitude as my attitude has helped me along the way. Like you were talking about your your texter that is in a very similar situation than I am. When you feel like you don't have any answers, you feel like you don't have any hope, you feel like you don't have any direction. Mm-hmm. When I look at some of the statistics around the world of people that are um, starving, they're literally starving. And I caught myself realizing I have to change my own vocabulary, my own personal dictionary, because I've used that expression before. You know, how you doing? I go, oh, I, I would say, oh, I'm just starving right now. Yeah. And you know what, Ben? I've never been starving. No. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I've actually dropped that word from my vocabulary. Good for you. You know, I'm hungry. I could eat. Mm. But starving? Nuh-uh. And I, I look at some of the uh, effects of this pandemic and the way it has uh, crushed so many people. And when you talk about a roof over your head and food on the table, I mean, there's a lot of people that would say, sign me up for that. Sign me up. And so when you're struggling, when you feel like you don't have the answers, when you're feeling like whatever it may be that you're struggling with, family, um, your own faith, your own situation. Um, that's why I think gratitude comes in to it, to be great, grateful for the things that you do have mm-hmm. and to give God praise for those things and to change your attitude around and watch God lead you to amazing places. Yeah. I mean, the first episode of ingratitude happened in the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Adam and Eve pretty much was provided with everything. And yet there was still something that they wanted. Mm-hmm. They, they weren't quite grateful enough. Human nature. Totally. Yeah, yeah totally. And uh, when I was reading that the, the UN estimated that this uh, pandemic has pushed an additional 150 million children into multi-dimensional uh, poverty, mm. deprived of um, education, health, housing, nutrition, sanitation, and water. Mm. So, you know, that, that little comment you made, it's very profound. You know, the, in the midst of looking for something more substantial in terms of your next work opportunity. Um, I know I'm that you're, you're being grateful in the moment. You have to be. And, and yet there's sadness just having Mm. lost your, your grandpa, your wife's grandfather this week. Yeah. But still grateful in that season as well. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, the other statistic is that in the U S you know, the unemployment has reached to pretty big numbers I'm also aware that a lot of small uh, uh, small businesses and small business owners have been wiped out, and those businesses are not coming back. No. Um, I know you do, too, and I have some friends that are restaurant owners, and they, ha- they have Ooh. to be closed. You know? They I mean, have they to can, be. They can do takeout. But, mm-hmm. um, and then how do you, I ask them all the time, how do you survive? I, I don't know. How do they respond? It's <sighs> savings. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, friends, church. Um, you, this is where we, your network comes to surround you and to help you, your church and your friends and your family, obviously. Mm-hmm. This is why you need those things. Yeah. You never think that, oh, there's going to be a pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
Did you have trouble making other male friends in your life? Have you had trouble doing that? You know, I've heard that the other statistic is a lot of men during the pandemic are in big trouble because they've lost their ability to be, you know, doing stuff with their guy friends and they don't have a lot of men that they, they share more intimate things with. Uh, where you can really just call a friend and say, this is what's on my heart. This is what's weighing me down. I need to process some life with you. And so that isolation is really hurting them. Oh, that's the worst part. <clears throat> and again, through this situation, I can only speak for myself, but I've had God's place wonderful people in my life, um, particularly this season, um, that I've been able to do stuff like that with. Um, but yeah, no, it, it can be hard. And I find myself isolating too. It's just so easy when you can't go here or you can, you're not going there or <laughs> yeah. you're working from home and you yeah. don't leave to go for lunch. You know, you can't There's no to- options. No. I mean, there's very few options. Yes. Even even among family, you start to uh, realize that there are restrictions there as well because some families, uh, some families in my own family are more comfortable with gathering and others aren't. And you, I just, I'm respectful of all of it. Yeah. You have to be. Oh, totally. Yeah. You have no, you have no choice. It, it, it's when it comes down to this death of my wife's grandfather there's really there's a small gathering that's that's happened up mm-hmm. at their house but when it comes to the larger gathering they're planning that for when the church is open you know church opens back up in their small community in the sometime in the spring and i think that's the worst hurt for my wife and, and parts of her family is the togetherness which just doubles down on what you were just talking about mm-hmm. very nice message from a listener um I just came, Bill, I just came across this picture and given life's difficulties and how the subjects apply to my personal circumstances. And the picture says, don't worry, God is never blind to your tears, never deaf to your prayers, and never silent to your pain. He sees, he hears, and he will deliver. Amen. Yeah. I keep thinking of that picture that it seems like is in almost every family member of mine's bathroom where you see the picture of the sand and you see the two footprints. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. And I feel like I just keep, God keeps putting that image in my head and I feel like I'm being carried right now. And Sweet. I hope that same exact thing is happening or that same feeling is happening for the people that are listening right now that feel like they're going through something similar or they're struggling with other things or whatever it may be. But Jesus is carrying you because that's what he does. He's Amen. the great savior. Amen, Ben. So another nice message from uh, Gary who said, good afternoon, Bill. And he said, I love Faith Radio's new app. And he said, uh, it's really easy to find programs like yours that I miss. Know that your work is appreciated. I tell you, it's been a fantastic week. Thank you so much for this beautiful uh, affirmation and, and the way in which you appreciate Faith Radio. Thank you so much. My heart is so full. Uh, borderline breaking into tears right now. But, you know, you get that way. Yeah. Joyful tears are the best, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. They are very much the best. All right. Coming up next, uh, Pastor Brian Parks, who is the pastor of uh, Hope Covenant Church in... Dubai. Wow. Yeah, you heard, you heard me correctly. No, Dubai? Dubai. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, Ben, thanks so much for the chat. Thank We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Yeah. 
All right, we are back, and I'm delighted to uh, be meeting for the first time Pastor Brian Parks. He's the senior pastor of Covenant Hope Church in Dubai. He has uh, over about 18 years of ministry experience in the Middle East, and he's joining us today from the U.S. of A. Brian, welcome. Ah, thanks, Bill. Glad to be here. Yeah, and you got a chance to be back in the States for the holidays, and how would all that go, and how is it going? Yeah, it's gone really well. We've... Uh met with um, three of my four daughters who live stateside and uh, with my parents and my wife's mom, and we've uh, socially distanced and sat far from one another with some masks on, but enjoyed one another's company. It's been delightful. Mm-hmm. I was on uh, the Nine Marks uh, website, and I saw this very uh, interesting article you had written, and I was intrigued, and I thought, hmm, I'd love to talk to Brian to find out a little bit more about the thoughts behind uh, your uh, article you wrote called Six Silver Linings Amid the Dark Clouds of a Global Pandemic, and then to uh, find out what it's like to be uh, serving a church in Dubai. So let's start with the um, things that you've learned. What are some of the silver linings that we've you have learned from this uh, pandemic? Well, I think, um, you know, of course, when when the pandemic hit and lots of lockdowns started literally all over the world, uh, there were many things that we weren't able to do that we're told to do in Scripture, gather together to raise our voices and praise to God uh, regularly, to uh, read Scripture, hear preaching from God's Word. And those are lamentable losses um, that we've all experienced. But I... Um, am reminded when I read Scripture about how, for example, the Apostle Paul, when he had difficult circumstances, he oftentimes not only lamented the difficulties, he wasn't afraid to talk about that, but he also looked for what God was doing in the midst of hardship and trials. So I, I really wanted to think about that for our church uh, and with our church staff back in Dubai and, and give praise to God for that. So I mean, we've seen some new leaders emerge as we kind of divided up our church members into small groups and had them meet on Zoom uh, instead of gathering uh, on our weekend there in Dubai to, as as we would normally. And we've seen new leaders emerge and take the reins and lead inductive Bible discussions uh, weekly. So up to 15 new leaders we've seen emerge in that. Um, We've also seen um, incredible generosity uh, be poured out from one member to another or members to other members. Like probably in where you live, people have lost jobs or had their pay pay cut, and Mm -hmm. we've certainly experienced that in Dubai. And uh, in one particular occasion, there was a young man who had left a Hindu background and put his faith and trust in Jesus about two years ago. He's a member of our church, lost his job as a, uh, as, as a tour guide in the city. And uh, a group of church members who were living together in a rather large home voted together. We want to bring Damesh, is his name, into our home. We're not going to charge him any rent. We're going to feed him. And, um, and so they just loved on him in these months during the pandemic. And um, 
and, and, and in addition to that, began to disciple him. So they set up a program of Bible reading for him and rotated through sitting down with him and discussing what the truths of the Scripture were that he was learning. So, they, you know, that's a bright spot. Uh, in an otherwise difficult time. And Brian, I might uh, suggest, and you will agree probably, that uh, the, you, know, you you talked about new leaders emerging uh, and how exciting that is that people have stepped up and said, look, I will, I will lead, I'll facilitate, I will be in charge of a small group. But now I look at these group of friends that have said, uh, we want to bring uh, him into our home. I can't remember how you pronounced his name. Damesh. Damesh, yeah. We want to bring Damesh into our home. So there again, uh, more leadership has emerged. They're taking a leadership role in mentoring and discipling and uh, making space available for them in their home. Uh, to me, that just uh, must fill your heart as a pastor to see that happening. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful and encouraging. And we want to, you know, we want to see, I think every pastor wants to see members caring for members, every member ministry, as it's often called. And uh, certainly in times of trial, I think the people who are filled with God's Spirit rise to the occasion oftentimes, like we're seeing now. And it's safe to say this little relationship that they're having with the mesh wouldn't have happened had there not been um, him losing his job as a tour guide. No, absolutely not. I that's, would imagine he's a really busy true. guy otherwise. He's a busy guy. Yeah. He's a busy guy. And praise God, he's, he's, he's gotten a job in the meantime. They helped him find a new job. And uh, he's, he's really doing well. Still living with them in that home, by the way. Okay. Well, what would be uh, another one of these silver linings? Yeah, I think we have seen the church begin to pray together more. When, when the pandemic hit, uh, there was a need for us to, to pray, to cry out to the Lord regularly and corporately. And when we couldn't do that together, we decided we need to do that over Zoom, like a lot of other uh, church groups around the world. And so we have been praying together over Zoom weekly. This is more than we were able to do in our prior circumstance because there in Dubai, we don't have our own church building. Uh, and so we were not able prior to the pandemic to, to have kind of a prayer meeting time uh, separate from our weekly gathering. And, and so we've, uh, I think we've seen probably 50 to 70 church members out of our total of 100 members join for corporate prayer every week on Monday evening. And that's just been really gratifying. In addition to not only praying together for ourselves, for the world, uh, for the leaders in the country where we live, we've also um, been able to invite in Bible teachers, pastors, missionaries from other places all around the world who could zoom in with us to those prayer meetings on Monday evenings. And so we were able to uh, experience and hear good gospel teaching from other leaders that normally my, my congregation would n have never been exposed to. Mm -hmm. So that's just, that's been wonderful as well. I think it sparked uh, them to begin reading material from these other Bible teachers yeah, so that's that's been great as well. And, you know, I think, Bill, one of the things we've seen is that people have lost their jobs. And in Dubai, if you don't have a job, uh, that's the source of your visa for living there, then you need to go back to your home country. And so we have had 
a handful of people have to pack up and go back to their home country, places like the Philippines, places like um, Uganda or Nigeria. And although that's sad, and we, we're, we're, we're lamenting losing uh, contact with those folks, they also are going back to these countries where the gospel needs to be preached mm-hmm. and where uh, people who understand what a healthy gospel preaching, gospel-centered church is, to have those people join into the churches there in their home country and work for reform and increased health in those churches. So we're we're thankful for that. We yeah. see that as one way that God works in the midst of hardship and trial. Yeah, Brian, I would love for you to say something about when you're doing the prayer Zoom meeting on Monday nights, and I know you're going to have people who are very comfortable in corporate prayer and people who are less comfortable, but you mix those two together, and I'm pretty certain everyone is going to be more comfortable as you do it more and more. Yeah, I think that's right, Bill. Really, one of the one of the things that I have always wanted to encourage young believers, and we have a number of young believers in our church, is that um, talking to God in prayer uh, need not be something where you need to have a special vocabulary for it. Um, you need to just operate based on what scripture you already know. You don't need to know the whole Bible. Um, simple requests to God are really important. So uh, oftentimes in these prayer meetings, I think that the new believers and the younger ones, folks that are less comfortable praying over time, they learn mm-hmm. that you don't you don't have to speak to God in some affected way in prayer, that he wants to just hear us pour out our heart to him and make genuine requests to him. And and so oftentimes I will ask a, a new believer to pray just a brief prayer, one or two sentences, asking God, I'll tell them what to pray for. It's kind of like training wheels in prayer, right? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, eventually as they grow to know the scriptures better, as they are encouraged after we've prayed together and figure out that they they were able to do it, then eventually they take the training wheels off and their prayers become richer and deeper. And yeah, that's just wonderful to see Mm -hmm. happen. I love in the article that I read that you say, each week we signed off with hearts full of thanks for one another despite the loss of our weekly gathering. I, I can't yeah. I can't think of a, a happier period to that sentence. Yeah, yeah. It it certainly has been true for us. And recently we were able to begin gathering again now with some significant restrictions. Uh, as most churches around the US, for example, have restrictions. We have some as well. We're only allowed to meet for 30 minutes to an hour now and socially distanced, and we can't hang around and spend time with one another afterwards. But it's been just such a joy. I think those prayer meetings sustained us, and we've kept them going in spite of being able to gather uh, again on the weekends. So, yeah, we're. I think, I think that believers— are meant to gather physically together. So even though it's been a blessing to use uh, 
tools like Zoom, uh, and we will continue to use those. I think being in each other's physical presence regularly en enables us to watch over one another's lives, to look at, to look one another in the eye and speak an encouraging word. There's just, there's just kind of nothing comparable to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Brian, let me take a very short break. Pastor Brian Parks is my guest. He's the senior pastor of Covenant Hope Church in Dubai. He's been over there uh, doing ministry for 18 years. We'll take a short break and be right back. All right, I'm back with Pastor Brian Parks. He's the senior pastor of Covenant Hope Church in Dubai wrote a great uh, article at ninemarks.org. I read six silver linings amid the dark clouds of a global pandemic. And one of the things that I caught my eye, and I know this is true for so many people, Brian, is people with extra time on their hands because they can't leave their house or apartment have decided, you know what, I'm going to use this time wisely and I'm going to do things that I maybe I haven't done quite yet. And that's, I'm going to sit down with the Bible and read it from cover to cover. Now, it sounds like there's been many people in your church who are increasing in their knowledge of Scripture. Yeah, that's right, Bill. I, there was a couple uh, from Brazil who are members of our church, and uh, the wife said to the husband, you know, I've never read the Bible from cover to cover, and we're stuck in our apartment here during lockdown. Why don't we do a 90-day read-through-the-Bible project? And so they launched into that, and because of their relationships with other people in the church, they began to share about it, and other people joined them. And pretty soon there was kind of a wave of folks in the church who were reading through the Bible together, big, huge chunks of Scripture, which is a really helpful way to read the Bible at times, and you get the big 30,000-foot view, so to speak, of Scripture. And uh, I've just been, my heart's just been warmed by... Uh, what they were doing together and what they instigated in the church. Yeah, it's it's exciting because I think one of my favorite C.S. Lewis quotes is, what isn't eternal is eternally out of date. And this pandemic will pass, but when you study and know the Word of God, that is for all of eternity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm encouraged that you have found in these difficult times, God is very much at work and I, I love the testimonies, uh, Brian, that you're sharing from your, your church and your congregation. I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, what it's like pastoring in Dubai. Well, the United Arab Emirates is the name of the country that the city Dubai is in. And it is um, an Arab country uh, founded just 49 years ago. And the official language is Arabic. The official religion is Islam. And yet it's an incredibly diverse country. The citizens of the country only make up 10% of the population. The other 90% of the people are people from other countries who are there doing various kinds of work. So, And you've got people from over 200 countries in that one country. So our congregation is a really internationally diverse congregation, even though we're an, an English-speaking congregation. Uh, so everyone who comes knows English. Sometimes it's a second language for people, mm -hmm. uh, but they all know English. And so we're dealing with different cultures. We 
are people from India and people from Pakistan, from Nigeria and Kenya, from Australia, uh, the Philippines. Uh, we have about 15 different nationalities in our little congregation. Another congregation that I helped plant back in 2010 that's still going strong in Dubai, Redeemer Church of Dubai, has about 1,000 people attending every week. And they've got over 50 nationalities in the church. Wow. So it it makes for um, really interesting pastoral challenges to kind of have uh, the cultural understanding to navigate different kinds of uh, understandings of family relationships, how they should work. Um, but it also makes it a rich, rich experience when – Whenever we gather as a church, it makes me think about Revelation chapter 7 and all of the people from different tribes, tongues, and nations gathered around the throne of God. So we feel like every week we get a little taste of that when mm-hmm. we're able to gather. So, And you're originally yeah. from the U.S. Where, where did you grow up here in the States? I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Memphis, Tennessee was where I grew up. <laughs> right. I grew up going— um, to going to church every week with my parents. Um, had good Bible teaching, but it wasn't until I was 16 years old that I really understood that I was not a Christian. I had not repented of my sin and trusted in Jesus. I wasn't looking to Him and His righteousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was comparing myself with the people around me, unfortunately, and, and thinking that I was a good guy. But uh, I, I needed to know God through Jesus, through faith in Him. Do you think you're the first pastor in Dubai that's been to Graceland? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I've grown up in Memphis, and I I did not visit Graceland as uh, a, a young guy. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't until I visited from Dubai, this was probably about 10 years ago, <laughs> I brought uh, – Two young, an Indian couple, uh, back to the U.S. with my wife and I to to kind of tour around the country and tell some stories in different churches about what God was doing on the Arabian Peninsula. And we were in Memphis, and they said, "Brian, you've got to take us to Graceland." And I thought, well, "I've never been. I've actually never been there. Let's go!" Right. So we <laughs> we went to Graceland, and uh, yeah. So maybe the only pastor in Dubai that's ever been to Graceland. Yes. Yeah. But when you've got so many different uh, people from all across the world who shows up on your doorstep, uh, do you have a um, a particular interesting story that of a of a person, a character uh, that you just can't believe what God's done in their life that you can confidentially share? Yeah. Let's see. Um, I can think of. Um, Another young woman, let's call her Susan, okay. who um, began attending um, a Bible discussion group on her university campus there in Dubai. She came from a Hindu family, had never uh, been exposed to the teaching of the Bible, uh, never had understood the gospel. And gradually, as she read through the book of Mark and was introduced to Jesus, seeing his powerful miracles, hearing his teaching about the kingdom of God, and 
thing, the whole sweep of those Gospels pointing to the divinity of Jesus, and then ultimately, of course, his death on the cross and resurrection. She was overcome with the truth of the Scriptures. Uh, She repented and put her trust and faith in Christ, and unfortunately, her family are still um, practicing Hindus and are um, uh, learning gradually that she's put her trust and faith in Christ. So she's a member of our church now Mm -hmm. um, and trying to be a gospel witness to her family. It's difficult. It's challenging, particularly for a young woman in her cultural context. Uh, to strike out and put her trust and faith in Christ is is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I did just recently. Uh, I think because of my years there in Dubai, um, I've been recently in touch with people around the region who, in unusual circumstances, have come to faith in Christ. And um, just spoke with a woman named uh, we'll call her Annette on Zoom. Just two weeks ago, she lives in um, one of the neighboring countries where churches aren't even allowed to exist, and she had put her trust and faith in Christ uh, about five years ago. I asked her how how she'd come to hear about Christ and the gospel. She said that uh, their, her family, uh, an Arab family— had employed a Filipino housemaid in their home, and this housemaid was a believer. And as she was growing up, this housemaid shared the gospel with her and opened up the scriptures with her privately and secretly. Wow. And she put her trust and faith in Christ, and she's <laughs> living for him now. And in fact, her family doesn't know that. Um, she told me she was pretty convinced that uh, she might come to some bodily harm if they were to find out, but these are challenging circumstances, but God is causing the gospel to go out and bear fruit. I, you know, I'm reminded about what Paul said in Colossians chapter 1. He said that the gospel, which had brought about the conversion of the Colossians themselves, was bearing fruit in the whole world. And that's still happening today, mm-hmm. Bill. Yeah. So, Brian, when you have believers that uh, are in Dubai leaving your, your church, uh, becoming saved, getting baptized, I would imagine, they go out into the uh, Muslim uh, community. Are they at risk? Are they uh, of being the, uh, any kind of physical uh, danger, danger of losing a job? Or what kind of risks are they involved with? Well, I think, I think if someone comes from a Muslim background and they give their lives to Christ, and that unfortunately is more rare, mm-hmm. even where we live, um, then they are at some risk, possibly first and foremost from their family. Um, and the same would be true for a person from a Hindu background, perhaps slightly diminished, maybe a little bit less, um, but still um, can be very, very dangerous for them. Some families are more tolerant of a family member giving their lives to Christ. But oftentimes uh, their tolerance has a limit, and that is as long as that family member who's come to Christ doesn't broadcast it, doesn't let others know, perhaps in their extended family or in their ethnic community, then everything's okay. 
Um, but of course, that that's a problem for us as Christians because the the scriptures tell us to share our faith mm-hmm. in Christ with those around us. So it can be dangerous. Um, less so in the United Arab Emirates. Uh, more so in some of the surrounding countries. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really an encouragement to hear uh, what's going on uh, in your ministry and in your church over in Dubai. I appreciate you taking the time uh, with your limited time in the States to talk to me, Brian. It's really been a pleasure to meet you. Mm, been a pleasure to talk to you too, Bill. Thank Thanks you so much for having me on. Thank you so much. Brian Parks has been my guest, Senior Pastor of Covenant Hope Church in Dubai. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.